welcome to this episode. I'm Zoe Leyland, a senior associate in the corporate team in Melbourne. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Jordan and I'm also a senior associate here in the corporate team in Melbourne. I don't think we've had a podcast without partners since about episode two, so let's hope for the best. I'm going to back us in here, Zoe. Uh, So what are we here to talk about today? Well, recently I came across this New Zealand case, Abano and Healthcare Partners, that dealt with a listed target company getting a ruling in its favour that it be reimbursed for all transaction costs in relation to a bidder's failed hostile takeover offer. Yeah, I understand that the target there was successful in recovering its costs to the tune of about a million bucks, and that included the cost of its lawyers, financial advisor, PR consultant, as well as director's fees. Yeah, and the New Zealand court, it went into some detail about what sort of costs are recoverable and whether they're properly incurred, and it did set out some new principles to determine this. But I think the most interesting thing coming out of it is the fact that New Zealand does have this specific statutory mechanism for a target company to recover takeover expenses from a bidder, you know, provided those expenses have been you know, properly incurred. Yeah, well, I think our friends across the pond are pretty unique in this regard. Mm. There's no equivalent here. So no. I think a target would have to establish that there had been a breach of the rules in the Corporations Act, prohibiting misleading or deceptive conduct in takeover docs. Are you aware of anyone who has done that in order to recover costs? No, no. I think I think in practice it would be mm, quite difficult. Yeah. I mean, if the, if the bidder statement is defective and the target incurs considerable costs in, in getting the bidder to correct it, you might have to have a right to recover costs, but you certainly can't recover any costs incurred in reviewing a compliant bidder statement or issuing a target statement or other yeah. normal takeover response costs for that matter. Yeah, that's right. I mean, even if the bidder statement is clearly defective though, it might be hard to claim compensation. You've got causation issues and you would need to prove that a material amount of costs were incurred as a result of the bidder's defects. Yeah, I mean, that would be hard where, you know, for example, you've signed advisors like your bankers up to fixed fee arrangements. and. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is certainly not uncommon in our market. Uh, there is also the challenge of the target having to pursue the claim in court, which would be both time-consuming and costly. Yeah, and that, that really can't be underestimated. And you've also got the risk, like a bidder could try and make use of the defence under the Corporations Act if it was able and sort of prepared to sort of prove that it didn't know the bidder's yeah. statement was misleading or deceptive. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a tough ask under our current laws, I'd say. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, do you think we should change the law in Australia and borrow this New Zealand concept? You know, it's, a, it's a difficult one, as you know, target companies often incur very significant costs and expenses in responding to a takeover mm. bid. You know, that's into the millions for some yeah. targets. Uh, and that's not just external advisor fees. I mean, back onto the New Zealand case that you mentioned for a second, they had evidence there from an expert, uh, which was along the following lines. They said, takeovers blow directors and their lifestyles out of the water in ways that no other transaction or dealing that I've experienced can. And, mm. I mean, that's that's probably been our experience. Yeah, maybe, cancelled holidays. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe put class actions yeah. to one side, but other than that, I yeah. think that's a pretty fair um, a fair sort of comment on, on, on directors. Uh, but sort of back onto your question as to whether or not we should follow New Zealand, I think the question has previously been considered over here back in the late 60s. Mm. It was the Company Law Advisory Committee chaired by Sir Eggleston who ultimately knocked back the concept yeah. on the basis that it was a normal cost of being in business and would suggest that the bidder is you know, somehow in the wrong by simply making a takeover bid. Yeah, and I think on balance, 
the cost is probably better placed on the target. I think there's a bit of a risk if you introduce a general right to recover costs. You create an administrative mm. burden on the courts or the panel, and no one really wants to review or argue <laughs> over lawyers' narrations like in the middle of a you know a contested takeover bid. Forever. What, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What I find um, interesting with the Abano case, that was the only the second New Zealand case on the issue, and apparently many of the cases were settled out of court, so that's why there's only two cases on record. Yeah. I think since then, though, the jurisdiction for resolving these cost disputes has changed from the courts to the New Zealand takeovers panel, which, which seems to make sense to us. Yeah, it yeah. does. And I noticed in the panel's guidance note that they strongly encourage parties to resolve any disputes by negotiation. So obviously the New Zealand panel's not too keen either to start <laughs> going through lawyers' narrations. Yeah, understandably. Um, you know, the, the other point to note about introducing such a concept here is that there's the risk that it could lead to fewer takeover bids being made. Mm. You know, bidders are likely to be concerned about being exposed to unknown costs outside of its control. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because, I mean, the last thing we'd want to do in Australia is to reduce competition in the market. It'd be interesting to sort of look at the number of hostile yeah. offers launched in New Zealand compared to Australia, which you'd obviously you'd need to adjust for the different size yeah. of the market and just see, like, is that a deterrent about this exposure to, to unknown costs? Yeah. I mean, on balance, I think it is the right position not to introduce, introduce the concept, um, but, but I do have sympathy for target companies who are forced to incur significant costs in dealing with defective takeover docks from a hostile bidder. Yeah, I mean, you had a situation like that a little while ago, didn't you? Yeah, we we did. We acted for a target who was on the receiving end Mm. of a script-heavy hostile takeover bid late last year. Um, In that one, the target considered the bidder statement to be defective in in a number of material ways, Mm. including in respect to the the financial information, which obviously in a a script-heavy deal Mm. is very important. We spent in that one about six weeks going back and forth with the bidder before a replacement bidder statement was finally lodged and you know plenty of time and and money was spent on this by the target board management the investment bankers and us Mm. yeah i think if we were to introduce the idea in australia it would be a you know better to do a very limited regime that applies where the disclosure is defective but you know it could be worth looking at doing that in a would you know remove some of the causation hurdles that you know come with trying to make a claim under our current yeah. misleading and deceptive conduct provisions? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, it's a really good suggestion there, Zoe. I reckon you can draft the legislation and guidance note on that one. I think we might feed that one up to Rod. I'll let you deliver that message. <laughs> Well, I hope everyone has enjoyed this episode and thank you very much for listening to us. The HSF corporate team will be back with another episode soon. And if you've enjoyed the content, please don't forget to subscribe. Thanks. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Herbert Smith Freehills. For more episodes, please go to our channel on iTunes or SoundCloud and visit our website herbertsmithfreehills.com for more insights relevant to your business.